Hey guys, welcome back to the 429 Podcast. Too many requests. I'm four. I'm two. And I'm nine. And welcome back to yet another TechCast Friday. This is our third episode in our new uh, series here. Uh, so, you know, we're excited to get back into it. Hopefully you've been enjoying our uh, previous TechCast Fridays and, you know, our standard podcasts on Sundays. Um, so, without further ado, let's get right into this week's big stories. Um so, one of the first things I saw this week was Microsoft has their new phone, uh, the Surface Duo, they revealed. Uh, essentially, it's like the Samsung folding phones and some of your new other foldable phones. It's going to be priced at about $1,400, uh-huh. uh, designed to look just like their Surface Book lineup and their Surface Pro lineup. Uh, it's actually very thin, very sleek, looks really, really nice. Um, now, believe it or not, this is actually going to be one of the first Microsoft phones to ever run Android, right? So now you're talking about a Microsoft uh, mm. phone running Android, Google's operating system. So they're working closely with them for that. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this? Is it, um, is it uh, what's it called, Android with, like, a Microsoft skin? Like, kind of how Samsung does it? <laughs> uh, I don't believe they got that far into it. Uh, I oh, know they did okay. say in the reveal that they are going to be working closely with Google uh, to get it, I guess, working. I'm not sure exactly what they mean by that, but... Well, I hope Android should be working. <laughs> I would hope it's working. Yeah. But, but you're um, causing problems for about 80% of the world. I mean, I don't mind them doing the whole Samsung run, honestly, because, I mean, it works for Samsung. Pretty much Samsung is just Android with a Samsung skin over it, and it yep. works sometimes better than Google's own phones because they're, what's it called? They just really know how to... Just make it all come together. Google kind of like sometimes puts functionality over appeal, which is not a bad priority, but then it just comes out to like you have a decent phone, but no characteristic tied to it, no personality with mm-hmm. it. It's definitely interesting. You know, this is Microsoft's second foray into a phone, you know, after the the whole Surface phone. You remember like that looked like Windows and they the tried Windows to do Windows phones. 8 like that. Yeah. yeah, the Windows phones and stuff like that. So it should be interesting to see, you know, now you have a new leadership in charge at Microsoft who came out with this phone. So, you know, I believe in Satya. You know, I'm a big fan of Satya Nadella. So I will say that I'm actually excited. I can't wait to see what the phone's going to look like. Is there a price point or any uh, any information you have on that? $1,400. Never mind. I'm not that excited for the phone anymore. <laughs> I, okay, uh, so I, I don't know if you've seen the phone too, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not just a phone. like a It's a foldable phone. phone. Remember the a Samsung foldable folding phone. the galaxies and whatnot? It's, it's a foldable like phone, um, so pretty much. So you're, you're talking gonna... like the new Motorola Razor that came out. That's also foldable. You're talking about like you're talking about like Samsung Fold that they show, but not as uh, not as big, and it's supposed to look like a like a think of it like a little journal. Yeah. Oh, right. So it has like pretty much it has like the form factor of a small notebook. Yep. But it gives you the real estate of like two screens. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, think about it, fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot for a phone, right? You're talking about like into like pro levels of iPhones range, yep. like a plus size, but like that's pretty cheap for a foldable phone, at least now still. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's interesting. It's not just a new win a Microsoft phone. It's a new Microsoft foldable, right? And you know. I think that we'll be able to see a lot of success come out of this. So, I mean, there's one really key thing about this phone that I think is going to differentiate it between the rest of your folding phone market. And that I think that is that it's not one solid screen. So you solve a lot of the problems when it comes to, like, the corners and the bends, right? I know that yeah. the, the Samsung screens were, you know, they weren't good. They were just, you know, a lot of them were breaking quick. It was a nightmare. So by it's having hard. that one sleek little hinge in the center and making it really streamlined... 
but still making it two separate displays, I mean, I think overall they'll probably benefit from that. Honestly, the way I pictured this phone, which would probably be Microsoft's best angle, it's kind of like a tablet, like a mini tablet, right? You kind of like, uh, you it, it's portable like a phone, right? But if you're like trying to look at your emails or look at articles, you know, yeah. typical tablet things, it's just like perfect because it has like the wide real estate of a tablet, but the portability of a phone, yeah. right? Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's that would be like perfect for like scrolling emails or looking at articles or stuff like that, or even YouTube videos for that oh, matter. Yeah. But right now, at least for me, unless you're really a big Microsoft uh, ecosystem kind of guy, uh, it's still a little too pricey for me. Yeah, but I agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of Windows Phone. I kind of think it died prematurely. I had a lot of issues, but I'm kind of interested how Microsoft goes with this one. Yep. Any other thoughts uh, too? No, no. Like I'm. Hey, let's put the next one. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how the phone's gonna come out. I'm not gonna buy it because it's fifteen hundred dollars, but too many factors. We gotta yeah. see how Microsoft plays. Yep. All right. Yeah. Anyway, too early. Next, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there have been a handful of possible leak dates regarding the iPhone 12. Ooh. Yes. You asking? You're asking me that? Of course I yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. So, um, it hit me. Still. Some some of the leaked dates. Uh, we're talking about the iPhone 12 event on October 12th. We're talking mm-hmm. later. about the devices. Later becoming, than usual. Of course, yep, that's a month later. But that was to be expected. I believe Apple already talked about delaying it. People just weren't sure how delayed it was going to be, right? So yeah. So you've got, you've got the iPhone devices being available for pre-order on the 12th, shipping the next week. Uh, and then Typical. in terms of like pre-order for the Pro devices, there's no exact date yet in that leak. Um, but also we do know, or at least we think, that the Apple Watch and the iPads should be released by September 7th. So I don't believe there's going to be a large delay on those. Uh, like I said, this is all, you know, these are leaked leaked dates. So, you know, they're, they're kind of subject to change. Yeah. But uh, at least that kind of might give us an idea of where we can expect uh, the new releases to be coming from. What do you guys think about that? You think it's too late? You think they're going to suffer from a postponed release? Or what do you think? Nah, not at all. Apple and I, suffering from a release, let's be real, bro. You know, you got the fanboys everywhere. Apple is literally the king right now. Like, they're on literally the top. You know, they have controversies right now. We're not getting to them unless, you know, you have them in store for us later. But they're literally surfing over everyone who's struggling right now yep. through the whole pandemic. So for them to do a month later, it's it, pretty much everyone's like, yeah, we get it. There's no rush. And it's not like people are going to be like, all right, that's it. I'm not buying an iPhone anymore. Yep. They made me wait a month. That's too much. These people wait years for just the smallest, tiniest speck of information. They can wait a month. So do you guys think, uh, do you think that we're going to see smaller amounts of people buying the Apple devices on release this year because of the pandemic and, you know, high unemployment? Or do you think that Apple's going to see the same, you know, run-of-the-mill, extremely high sales they see every year? So... I'm going to call this now. Like, so I've read a report actually that credit card debt for the first time in 15 years is actually down, right? Oh, wow. There hasn't been that much consumer spending. Yeah. But with that being said, right, I yeah. think you're going to see a bunch of people actually go and buy this phone, not in person, but they're going to order it to have it delivered. So it was the same concept that happened with the whole SE model that they released back in April in the beginning of the pandemic. Yep. People will want this phone, and I don't think anything is going to change from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think you're going to have more buyers this year than previous years 
just because of this whole COVID pandemic situation and in the because people saved a lot of money from mm-hmm. not going on vacation, from working mm-hmm. from home. No eating mm-hmm. out. Right? From not eating out, right? So I think you're going to have those people still buy phones. But with that being said, it'll be interesting to see because at least in the United States, you know, there's been a drastic increase in unemployment, right? Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how it'll play out. But I think Apple is still going to report strong growth at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's 100% certain, right? Uh, partly because I think it comes out to, once again, the products, right? If there's there's going to be a huge expectation this year because, you know, the whole Apple Silicon chips and stuff like that yep. and the whole big change to Big Sur. You know, they're, they're, there's a lot of momentum in place now, right? There's a lot of hype, right? So they got to deliver. It's at least the minimum hype requirement. Yeah. And if they don't, they're gonna they're gonna fall flat Ooh, hard. Yeah. But if they do, just like two said, they're gonna see some really good growth. I, I believe there's a lot of potential for a lot of big growth for Apple later this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I tend to agree with you. I think that a lot of people have been getting you know large. Um, for example, you know you got your check from the government a couple months ago, twelve hundred dollars. A lot of people that are on unemployment are getting you know more on unemployment than they were making originally, right? So in certain cases, people, even if they're unemployed, are actually getting more income now than they have ever been, right? So I think a lot of that income might be used to buy the new iPhone when it comes out. Um, and similarly, I know that they just rolled out another kind of like coronavirus aid bill, uh, which is minimal, but includes some like payroll tax cuts and different things, right? So people might have more money in their pocket right now. Um, and, you know, like you said, with decreased consumer spending and, you know, decreased credit card debt, I mean, I bet you some people have money that's been burning a hole in their pocket. So I do think that there's a good chance that we can see a better than ever uh, release for these iPhones. Uh, but, you know, like Nine said, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what features are offered and, you know, is it worth it right now? Um, and isn't this the first iPhone that's supporting 5G? Yeah, I yes. believe so, yep. Rumors, rumors say that this is the first one to support 5G. But you got to remember, this, the, every time it's the first anything, especially network-wise, you, for anyone who's listening, you guys are the testers. You're going to have <laughs> huge <laughs> problems, I guarantee you know, it. I'm not typically pro 5G, um, specifically because most 5G phones require a lot more hardware than the 4G counterparts. You need more antennas because you're you're now reaching a wider variety of, of uh, frequencies. Um, and not only because you're reaching a wider variety of frequencies, but as you get higher in that frequency spectrum, it actually becomes harder for those frequencies to get transmitted, right? So yeah. you need more. That's why they need more areas. towers. Yep. They need more towers per distance to cover because, like you said, the frequency is uh, it carries more data, but the trade-off is that it can't travel as far. Right. Like on certain so. frequencies, if you have your hand over the antenna, you might that might be enough to interfere with it. So by having more antennas, it increases the likelihood that you get better reception. Uh, regardless 100%. of your cases, regardless of where you are, right? Anyway, um, and then you also need extra processing power via usually some type of five G chip. I know, like, there's maybe some quality. Like I ones. said, you're gonna be the tester for the first one, and you'll Guaranteed. probably see very low battery life on the iPhone comparatively to the ones beforehand. I think the rumors state that their battery is actually gonna be the, actually decreasing. The size of the battery is decreasing, so it's gonna be interesting how that's gonna turn out. It'll yeah. be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, anyway, uh, two, you, you said that the people are probably going to be ordering stuff, right? Their iPhones. Where do you think they're going to be getting them from? Amazon. Where Amazon. Else? Oh, well, bringing us into that, this just in, 
Amazon's going to be adding podcasts to Amazon Music and Audible. So, you know, now oh. maybe you'll be able to listen to us more on your new Amazon services. I think this is long overdue, right? Podcasts are a huge market right now. And, you know, Amazon's been missing out on it this whole time. So I, think I hope so. It's a huge market. Yeah. We're in the market. Well, we are. <laughs> we will definitely be customers. Oh, yeah. I will hate for us to say podcasts are dying and it's a decreasing market. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, um, back. Yeah, it's it's long overdue. Honestly, Amazon Music is one of the ones I tend to oversee as a music listener. Yeah, same. I, I keep forgetting. Honestly, if it wasn't for Amazon's constant repetitive emails saying to me, hey, here's some benefits you're missing out here. Here's some benefits you're missing out. I probably would not, I probably would forget that Amazon Music is a thing. Well, you know what that means for us, right? Like, it's just going to attract more viewers to us because yeah. you're going to get emails from Amazon now on our behalf saying, hey, go listen to podcasts, specifically the 429 podcast. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Honestly, it's like, like Thor said, it's a long overdue thing, right? Um, I, this just shows that Amazon is, you know, they're still in the game. They're trying to show they're still in the game. And, you know, they're trying to just improve their services. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I always thought they did have podcasts. And the fact that this, this news came out kind of shocked me that they're, they didn't have it all the time. You know, these are easy I mean, ways they... for Amazon to increase their market share, right? Like, they've already got AWS. They've got the infrastructure to host and create these things. They've already got software developers on staff, right? They already have all of these things done. So, I mean, I think it's relatively easy for them to do 100 percent. i mean it's pretty much like just another great feature to add on top of their already existing services yeah and from what i hear the people who do have or are frequent lists with amazon music they uh they have some good experience with it it's not like it's they haven't heard anything terrible it's just there's spotify and apple music are just dominant players right now yep. that they just need to, you know, inch into the marketplace, get, you know, market themselves. So, honestly, they don't market it as much as they should be. Yep. All right. Anyway, why don't we talk about one of our big stories today? Um, Ooh. You know, we got a couple more small ones, but let's let's get into one of our big ones here. Um, so, just this week, Uber is now possibly being forced to classify all of its employees as, I'm sorry, all of its contractors and drivers as employees in California. Uh, so one of the judges in California went ahead and you know signed an injunction to possibly force Uber to follow the normal guidelines that every other business needs to follow, um, and, and, and you know make all of their drivers full time, which would then require them to offer benefits, you know, and you know insurance and all these other things. So uh, Uber actually says that they will likely have to shut down their entire service in California until sometime in November, in order oh. to account for this. Right. And this is, you know, you're assuming that maybe their service will be just as good. You know, who knows? Right. If they have to classify drivers as employees, you know, who knows how many drivers they'll be willing to bring on at full time salary right, and whatnot. Right. So I think these are uh, it's kind of an unprecedented thing to happen right now. Uber and Lyft, are, you know, definitely against it. Uh, so I'm curious, what do you guys think? Uh, this is going to hurt them just straight up. <laughs> I mean, there's another way to spend this. This is just going to hurt them real hard. I don't uh, think to be honest. In this situation, yeah, I think it hurts everyone involved. I think it hurts the drivers who are classified as contractors right now because mm -hmm. now they're out of work till November. Yeah, it, it hurts the California economy because now you can't tax and make money off those rides anymore. So there goes that profit right there. Plus, we're in a pandemic, so that's even worse, right? Every dollar counts right now. 
And on top of that, that hurts Uber because now Uber has to go spend all this money, revamp all of its processes, yep. and do that. So I think this is like a lose situation all around. It's right? a lose lose yep. for everyone. Now, I, is it a temporary loss? We'll see, right? Maybe for maybe at the end of the day, it may be better for the drivers that they're classified as um, uh, employees now instead of from what I hear contractors. But from what I, don't I hear, know. the drivers or a lot of the drivers, especially Uber have been pushing for them to be classified as employees, you know, because they don't get none of the benefits and stuff like that. And that means that Uber can cut them off really easily, right? But I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say if it's better or worse because I'm, I really don't know too much about the situation, right? Yeah. But I know it's something that the drivers have been vocally been uh, for, you know? Yep. And um, I think it's just like two said, it's kind of like a weird, a weird time. So it's, it's, it's a losing situation now, but for how long? You know, this is something the drivers while and maybe they're kind of a little steam that uber is taking such backlash by cutting services but i think uber is just scared that this is going to spread this is going to be yeah. kind of like a echoing effect to all states and as much as you know a lot of these drivers want to be treated as employees of yep. you know uber and you know get benefits you know, stuff like that uber can't sustain that it just no and it's bigger can't. than just uber right because you got to think about this if I if I remember correctly, Uber has you know over a hundred thousand drivers alone just on Uber in California, right? Now also take into account Lyft, and now you know you're not talking about just Uber and Lyft. You've got Grubhub, you've got Postmates, pretty much every food delivery service that works through an app. You know you've got new apps like Driz, uh, Drizzly or Drizzy or whatever it is now out of uh, they do like alcohol and whatnot. So, I mean you have a lot of there's a lot of different apps now that follow the same structure that Uber and Lyft follow. And all of those people that, that drive for them and get income from them will now be out of work while there are 35% of people in the country unemployed. So I think this is a huge, a huge mistake, at least for them right now. You know, if this was something they wanted to investigate, by all means, maybe, maybe bring it up after the pandemic is over and you're not now risking the livelihood of 100,000 people in California, right? So... Tough call right now. It's a very yeah. tough call. Well, just I don't take clear. Anyway, uh, another happening of the week uh instagram and you know their parent company facebook are on the line for a lawsuit of that can max out at 500 billion dollars in fines whoa what happened so they essentially have been collecting data on photos right and they've been using face scanning and facial recognition um this is classified as biometric data um Uh so Every time a user uploaded a photo to their platform, they've been scanning those photos and tracking uh, facial recognition features. But users who accept the agreement on the platform already agree to this stuff. But not every photo that gets uploaded on the platform includes only people that have agreed to that agreement, right? So now you've got some people who haven't agreed to their terms of service, and even their faces are now being tracked, and you know their facial recognition and biometric data is being stored by them. So they're on the line for a little bit of this, um, and I mean, this is going to be—I think this will be a precedent, right? Because data collection is a really big thing right now, and if they get this and this kind of lawsuit hurts them a lot, I mean, this could really be uh, a precedent in data collection as a whole, right? So, what do you guys think? All I can say is, uh, I'm ready for my twenty-five dollars two, three years from now. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, I mean, like, yeah, this is a. Uh... This is again. This is a privacy issue, right? I mean, uh, if if you're if you're one to agree that you're you're allowing Instagram to do this, which I, I'm almost guaranteed, like seventy percent of people who did agree didn't even read that they agreed to this, yep. or even higher. But I, again, you agree. 
right? But this comes down to the people who, like you said, don't even have Instagram accounts or don't even remotely associate with Instagram, yep. but they got buddies and friends that are or family that are associated with it. They're scanning their faces. You know, this is it, it gets to the whole like dystopia kind of level where like you're not even participating in it and you're, you're and you're getting none of the benefits, but you're still getting all the costs. Yep. Right. This is your data. You know, I I don't know if people still don't know this, but data at this point is worth more than any material out there in the world right now. Yep. So, you know, this is this is. This is this is tough. Like this is a big lawsuit. I'm expected to hear that I'm affected again. Expected to sign in my social security number to claim it, which is again another privacy thing. Just to claim my ten to twenty five dollars mm-hmm. and a pat on their slap and like don't do that again. Yep. Okay. But uh, we'll see. What do you think, too? It's gonna definitely be an interesting precedent to see how it plays out, right? Because I know you you we all know Facebook has these user agreements in place that prevent things like this from actually happening yeah. is, I don't know who, I mean, it's your own fault if you don't read those and see what Facebook will do with your data, I would say, right? That's not to accuse anyone. That's just no one really reads the terms and user agreements of anything anymore, right? Yep. Um, unless you're one of our old professors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely going to be an interesting precedent. And $500 billion is no small fine, right? That's a big fine. Yep. Um, you said billion, right? With the B. Oh yeah, I said billion. I believe they're liable for a five thousand dollar fine for each instance of the violation. I mean, uh, the I one violation affects three thousand billion people. Do, do so, keep in mind, right? These, this is up to up to right. You know, lawsuits never ever end at their up to amounts. But I mean, it just goes to show you how big this could be. Also, remember that most of the amount go to the lawyers who actually sue them. For their so you only get twenty five dollars. I got twenty five dollars. Everyone, everyone claims. Don't forget to put your social security number, your email, every, all, give me all that credential. Yeah. Uh, isn't it ironic that in order for you to get your money from a data collection lawsuit, you gotta give them more data to get your lawsuit? Yeah, yeah. Pretty well, it is kind of ironic. You're right. And ninety percent of the time, they come in the form of sketchy emails from class action lawsuit firms that like and look like spam, and- that look like spam and phishing. And also, if you guys ever check the website that the lawyers use, right? It's HTTP. It's not HTTPS. <laughs> Damn. That means I can make one in like five minutes. I should not start even. working for lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> but, they got deep pockets. Anyway, what else you got for us All right, so, today? So we got two more small stories. They're kind of similar, uh, but we'll start with the first one. Uh, so I know we talked a lot about this in our recent uh, tech cast last week and the week before. As well as uh, our most one of our recent um, Herman Miller, not Herman Miller, but yeah, yes, we have man. talked about that a lot, and I love I that chair. Talk about it, so man. nice. Uh, I would like to get one, but you know, kind of expensive. Anyway, um, TikTok is actually filing a lawsuit against the Trump administration and U.S. government on the executive order uh, that they placed against them. Well, so, they kind of have to, right? Now, this <laughs> is this, this is totally expected. Um, but, you know, you have to think, do they have any grounds on this lawsuit? TikTok is claiming that, you know, the claims of them stealing data and, you know, being uh, kind of like utilizing espionage against the U.S. citizens and constituents uh, for the Chinese government, they're claiming they have no actual kind of basis or no items to back up those claims and that this is just totally blatantly, like, wrong. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Do you think it's going to get anywhere or do you think it's just going to be dead in the water? It's going to be a tough lawsuit, man. I don't see this being like the easiest lawsuit for them to be 
right? This is definitely gonna go. It's very hard to beat the U.S. government. We oh, all yeah. know that, right? So yeah. it's like it's like the it's like paying the IRS. You just have to do it, right? You there's no way of getting around it if Sanzor butts, right? Yep. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Do I think that they'll be victorious? I don't know because the the what was the idea that he said? I think he's I think he claimed that his homeland security or something. Yeah. At, yeah. at that point, at that point, you kind of have like very broad discretion to do a lot of things, yep. whether they're legal or not legal. I don't know. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. I, I'm just gonna say that. I mean, I'm not saying TikTok doesn't have a case or do have a case because I'm not that well versed in their exact clarification of what what their of the case is, what they're claiming is what's it called unfalsified towards the government. But all I can say is that if we have so many people, so many researchers, so many analysts basically saying something's up here, that kind of puts suspicion, even if you are, I would say, free of guilt. Yeah. You know? So do they have a basis to win? Probably. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe a lot of people put a lot of doubt on them. But the fact is we still have to have this conversation because the fact is it just seemed way too suspicious. The connections were there. Yep. People have deep mind the app. And have said there's a lot of malicious things going on, saying claiming it to be a hundred times worse than Facebook, and that's saying something. You're saying oh, yeah. you're worse than Facebook and in data privacy. As Facebook gets a five hundred billion dollar lawsuit. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like if you get that, it's time to look within yourself and be like, am I the evil bad guy here? Right. Well, <laughs> well there's the key though, right? Facebook can get that five hundred billion dollar lawsuit because all of their data is subject to U.S. law. When you have yeah. foreign apps that are using U.S. users, that data no longer has those same restrictions, right? If you've got data stored in China or data stored in other countries, the U.S. I'll government has no case. oversight, right? So you don't really I'll know what's going on. So that's yeah. a, it's, yeah. it's a, it's, it is quite a big deal. Um, I do, however, think that, you know, and I've talked to you two about this before, but national security is such a broad term, right? So... If, if if you're really if the, if a president is really able to ban apps and businesses with just a just a reason of a national security threat without really needing concrete justification, I mean, you know, TikTok is obviously going to be dead in the water. Um, and I do think it's a little ironic that this is going to be a lawsuit where they literally are going to have to prove themselves innocent, right? And it's kind of just yeah. it seems backwards in the United States justice system, right? Typically, you're you right. have you know the prosecutor going after somebody and they have to prove that they're guilty. But in this case, TikTok is going to have to come into this lawsuit and prove that they're innocent and that everything that the government has claimed is, is false, right? So it's, kind yeah. of, it's, it's, it's a really odd situation for a lawsuit. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, if I remember one of the biggest rules in, in law, the legal system is that it's harder to prove someone's guilty, though, than to prove that they're innocent. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they do have a case. Maybe they could, maybe they could pull this through. Um, but, you know... This is just outside of my field expertise. Yep. Like I, I like I, I, they could they could have a case, but like as two mentioned, this is a fight against the USA government. You know, at that point, you're fighting a very uphill battle. Yeah. So I mean, and also if you know, if we're speaking about this too, we have to also address the whole the WeChat that they're also grouped in in that. Yep. That and that whole uh, what's it called plague of uh, blocked apps, and you know, because of this, are a lot of like uh, Chinese. Um, What's it called? There's, they're getting a lot of Chinese backlash too. Like I, yeah. I, I just saw this article this morning saying that 95% of Chinese iPhone users saying that they block 
or uh, WeChat from the App Store or something like that, they're not buying iPhones. Yeah. So that's that's going to hurt Apple hard. You know, they're, they're really pushing into the Chinese market. They they finally had some success after a lot of failures, but they're finally making some progress. And just for it to all go down, Apple's going to be looking at this case really closely because they know it's going to affect them in the end yep. too. No, I, I, I agree. Anyway, into a slightly different but still kind of the same topic, um, it's been reported that Twitter is actually looking at possibly uh, acquiring TikTok uh, in the U.S. Who's not buying TikTok? I, now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow says I'm looking to buy TikTok. I mean, it's a huge platform, right? It's 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 really yeah. up and coming. Uh, a lot of users. So, I mean, like, it's no surprise that all of the, there's a lot of major companies that want to kind of pick it up, right? Notably, you know, Twitter and Microsoft. Now, there's Twitter. Was another one, though? I think there was another one. Uh, I'm not sure of another one. There definitely could have been, but not that I'm aware of, at least. But anyway, Microsoft has a you know market capitalization of like 1.6 trillion dollars. Twitter has yeah. a market capitalization of like 29 billion dollars, right? So you're talking about two completely different classed tech giants, and I mean Twitter. I just don't know if this is going to be something they're going to be able to pull out in the next, you know, 45 days before TikTok is banned as of, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whenever the... Yeah, isn't it like not 20 days now? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah. way down now, so... Well, you gotta remember that, like, this is posted, right? By the time we know, this has already been in the works for, like, who knows how long, Correct, right? you know, that's Probably. true, could be. So, I mean, they, they, they are working on it, but the fact is that Microsoft already had its news come out that they're looking at it, that yep. means they're fighting, they're bidding against Microsoft, yep. which, again... Like you said, it's a different class of animal yep. when you're talking about tech companies. But you do have to remember the, the the large group of Microsoft actually kind of does work in favor because, you know, there's been a lot of talks about, like, you know, monopolies and tech companies. And maybe the Congress might look at Microsoft being like, maybe you don't deserve TikTok. Maybe you have too much. Yep. And they might, you know, not even let them continue on, yep. you know? So this might, be, this might be a favor towards Twitter. I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? You know, it's going to be interesting to see. And what's Twitter going to do with TikTok? Are they going to kill it like they did with Vine? You know, that's you know? my concern, so, right? Dang. Oh, man. Don't talk about Vine like that, man. I'm still sad. So that's what I'm interested about. And, you know, they can kill it like they did with Vine. But to be honest, the way I see really TikTok going, I see TikTok going. I don't see TikTok going up. I see TikTok going actually down from here. So I've been on Instagram lately after we talked about whole last week on TechCast that we talked about like Reels coming out and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Reels has become really big really quick. By the time we said we talked about Reels last week to this week, right? I've already seen so many Reels on Instagram. People are posting Reels on their stories and everything. Really? And all the major TikTok stars are actually posting the same TikTok or Reel or whatever you want to call it on the TikTok app and on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they're getting oh. just as much traffic. So they're getting so familiar been, with it. So it's been really, really big, actually. Yeah, interesting. So I don't really see TikTok being, if TikTok wants to, you know, cash out of the guys who made TikTok want to cash out, sell that as quickly as you can, because Instagram is quickly, quickly taking up market share. You know, I do like uh, the Instagram Reels, but I just personally, if you compare the two apps, Instagram Reels to TikTok, one, I find that Instagram Reels are not, anywhere near as like user friendly right and like it's like a subsection of the app you got to go into like this other section to click on it and like i personally i don't like the user experience as much um and besides that um i also you know i see a lot of people posting their exact tiktok videos 
on Instagram, right? Every time I'm scrolling through it, like a good percentage of the videos I'm seeing on, on the reels are literally just saved videos off TikTok that I've already seen before and I know got posted there, right? So people are just using reels as like kind of, I think, a secondary, right? I'm not saying that people won't use it as like their main TikTok, quote unquote, whatever it is, right? But I see there's a lot of overlap and I think if, you know, I think people are just using that as like a second place to post to a different audience. So you don't, you're not, you're basically saying right now is like they're not fully diving their feet, but they're just like kind of a backup. Yeah, that's that's how I see it personally. <laughs> you know, it's funny you guys say those reels really popular because I had never seen one, like not even one yet. Yeah. I kind of forgot they were a thing. But then again, my time on Instagram is a big old zero. Mm, three minutes a week. <laughs> three minutes a week. If I'm like, if I launch it by mistake, and I'm like, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, we got one more story left. Uh, this is a pretty oh, big more. one. Okay. Are we ready for it? Drum roll, please. Come on. Oh, go for it. Apple has removed Fortnite from the App Store, effective as of today. And this just in, literally from maybe about 40 minutes ago, not even, Google has also removed Fortnite from the Google Play Store. Now, I know this is going to be a big surprise. What would they possibly remove the, that giant game for with over, you know, billions of, with a billion users or something on mobile? Too much Fortnite dance. Right, one might think, but Fortnite actually—I mean, personally—I think they were literally mocking them. I think that Fortnite was going at them. Okay, this was planned. This wasn't like on accident. You know, Epic Games knew what they were doing when they did this, but they built in their own direct payment system inside of their application to avoid all of the App Store fees that Google and Apple uh, charge and surcharge for all microtransactions and game transactions. So, I mean, I think they knew exactly what they were doing. They literally said to their users, like, hey, you can use the App Store to pay, or we can give you a 30% discount, and you can pay directly inside the app, right? So, I mean, they were well aware of what they were doing, and, I mean, you know, I've seen a couple of different ads they've put out now. Uh, one was, like, mocking a, a commercial that Apple put out from 1984. Um, oh, you seen that? Yep, yep. Oh, nice, I wonder nice. who showed it to me. I don't know, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, but anyway, this is, this is, this is kind of huge news. Uh, and I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, two, you go first. Cause I'm a... They want money. <laughs> like, plain and simple, right? It's their app stores, their proprietary. You got to follow their rules. It sucks, but if you want to download it on mobile, there are ways around it. Just provide a link that they could go download it from, right? And just accept the certificates or whatever, right? And I think we're going to see a lot of that in the coming years that you know, to get apps like TikTok or Fortnite and stuff like that for app developers, to have, app developers to have more control and to circumvent things like the app stores, you're going to see a lot of a lot of... Third-party app stores. Yeah, you're going to see third-party apps. You're going to have a lot of apps just say, hey, click this link to download our app, and it's going to take you to their website. The app downloads to your phone, and all you need to do to run the app is actually accept the certificate. I think this is going to be a lot easier on Google phones than it's going to be on Apple phones, especially with the new iOS coming out because mm -hmm. Apple's like hammering it away in security, mm -hmm. right? Which I'm pretty happy about because it makes our data more secure. <laughs> uh, cough, Facebook. Uh, but it should be interesting. It should be interesting to see how this really plays out. You know, you have one of the biggest games known to, currently known to man, right? Because yeah. with the amount of users that are playing worldwide. And just having it banned from the app store, right? It should be interesting to see. Now, what I'm interested to see is that who's going to cave first? Is Apple going to cave first and leave Fortnite to just 
um, let them do their transactions themselves? Or is Fortnite going to cave because they're realizing they're losing the mobile community and they need the mobile users back? So it's going to be interesting to see if it's going to be the big tech companies caving first or if it's going to be the video game developer Fortnite um, competing first. But how about you, Nine? How do you feel about it? Honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you play Fortnite, so you, you I, 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 I don't I, play I, video games. Yeah, yeah. I play Fortnite. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of uh, Fortnite. I played it... Um, I enjoy it, right? It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of people give it flat because it's a kids game. Yeah, it's a kids game. You're right, but I mean it's number one for a reason. Um, I, I just can't get over the whole battle royale after a while, so I have to like stop playing it. But I think I either way, the way you view this, I mean you're either two sides of it. Either you're the Fortnite side who's like, yeah, rebel against Apple, tell them who's boss, mock them with your default dance, you know, mm-hmm. or you're the other side who's like, well they're breaking the rules, so they they can't. Yeah. They can't do that. And so I, I'm kind of on both sides. Like, I kind of see both sides pretty well. Like, I definitely see Fortnite's rebellious, and I see why they want to do it. I mean, like, it makes sense that they want to, as a company, they're trying to just increase their profit margins, right? Yep. And in the day, like you said, it's all about money, right? But at the same time, a lot of developers have speaking, you know, what's it called, a- a negatively towards Apple's uh, monetization system and their their cuts, right? But Epic Games is one of the few who has the momentum, the the big user base to actually make a movement and make a power move towards Apple. They're one of the few that can actually do it towards Apple and cause stir, like you're seeing it right now. So this is pretty much like App, Epic being like putting where their money, where their mouth is, and actually trying to do something. You know, I kind of respect that in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making stirs. They're they're making. They're not just saying, "Boo, uh, this is bad. It's unfair." They're actually doing something about it. Yep. Was it the right move? That's hard to say because, like, again, you're playing Apple's ballpark. You got to follow the rules, Apple's rules, right? Um, so it's it's weird to say. As you said, Google just recently done it too. So it's not even like a case against now just Apple now. It looks like Google also agrees with Apple and being like, yeah, you can't do that. Going to have to shut that down, boy. But um, <laughs> honestly, it's it, it's weird. I, I honestly, I'm honestly more excited by this, the constant backlash between the two. Yep. The company battle then more of the actual result because there was probably either going to be apple win things go on the normal and everyone complains like still or epic or we're going to be looking at this like a couple of months now seeing the landscape change completely and be like wow fortnite default dance the way to victory yeah so that's hard to say i'm going to be watching this one really closely yeah yeah i agree um i'm pretty much in the same boat as you guys i do think that it's you know it's a big milestone and i'm I tend to think that Fortnite will cave first just because, you know, Apple's got so many other apps that generate traffic for them. And, like, was Fortnite generating a lot of revenue for them? Yeah, I'm sure it was, right? But at the end of the day, I mean, Fortnite is Epic Games' main product, right? That is their main, you know, investment right now. And, you know, Fortnite is not really going to be make or break for Apple. So, I mean, I don't think Apple or Google have any reason to go back on what they did. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think that they could just have the resources and power to let them either sit there and dig their own grave, or you know, I don't, I don't, I personally, I don't necessarily see them backing down on this because if they back down on this, it'll set a big precedent for all other apps uh, on the App Store. And I mean, I, I do think that it's, this lawsuit is going to be the deciding factor at some point. It's, it's a precedent. It's a precedent. Yep. We, we gotta. It's definitely just not within the gaming 
right? Any developer who's an app developer, Google or Apple, you got to be watching this closely, yeah. guys, because this is a precedent that will affect you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It might really affect you in a good way or bad way. It depends how you see this thing. All I got to say is pretty much, pretty much this. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you get a copyright strike for that? Right. No. And on, on that note, on that note, we are out of time, unfortunately. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, we had some really yep. cool topics today. You know, um, we'll be back and we will talk to you again on Sunday during our regularly scheduled podcast uploads. It's gonna be a Herman Miller episode, right? A Herman Miller episode, exactly. No, no, yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A Herman Miller episode. I know it's been granted by the fans. They want it to. They do they want, want it. They want the Herman Miller grand oh, special. Oh, God. Yep. It's coming. <laughs> All right. Now, anyway, get... this has been the 429 Podcast, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.